millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Thursday, February 16th. I'm Desiree Frazier, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, severe weather threatens parts of the Magnolia State. We talk to the National Weather Service about what to expect. Then, trans youth and allies protest legislation that would restrict gender-affirming care. Plus, the U.S. Secretary of Education meets with future teachers in the capital city. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A system capable of producing severe weather is passing through the Magnolia State today. The National Weather Service in Jackson is forecasting an enhanced risk of severe storms for much of central and eastern Mississippi. To share more with us, we're joined by Eric Carpenter of the National Weather Service in Jackson. Good morning, Eric. Yeah, good morning. So what are we looking at as the specific threats connected to this storm? Yeah, this is a uh, it's a pretty straightforward situation. Uh, we have a cold front approaching from the west, and okay. with uh, we have warm and unstable air ahead of the front. And um, as we often do as we get towards the spring months in Mississippi, uh, these situations can uh, produce severe weather. In this case, um, we're looking at the daytime heating um, to contribute to greater instability. And when we have the storms, uh, the storms are actually kind of developing now over a southeast Louisiana area. And those storms, we're watching those right now, they're going to be pushing them north, northeast, uh, especially across, as you mentioned, central and eastern Mississippi. Um, in those areas, we're looking at the possibility of some tornadoes. Um, there could be a couple of strong tornadoes. So be aware of that, and um, as you mentioned, also the large hail and damaging winds. Um, I saw where the National Weather Service was saying the highest risk is east of I-55. Is that where we're likely to see maybe some pop-up tornadoes? Yes, exactly. Uh, the I-55 corridor is a uh, pretty good rough estimate for locations along and east of that um, is where the greatest concern is. So from uh, for folks around the uh, Tupelo area all the way uh, southward to uh, Jackson to Meridian and uh, southward to um, around Brookhaven and, and uh, down to the coast, uh, all those areas should really be on the, uh, some heightened awareness and alert for the possibility of tornadoes. 
So we're talking about severe thunderstorms. Are we talking about gusting winds and hail as well? Yes. Um, and these, a lot of the storms that we're looking at today, uh, you know, a lot of times we get um, more of a squall line or line of storms that pushes through. Um, in this particular case, um, we will have a you know, line of storms that comes through, but the main concern is actually going to be with what we call a supercell thunderstorms. Uh, these are more of a discrete uh, singular storms that can pop up ahead of the of the main line of storms. Um, those storms are the ones that we're most concerned about uh, producing the more significant weather, but they're, uh, they're capable of not just tornadoes, but also uh, large hail and damaging winds as well, yes. So you said the storms are forming or are in Louisiana right now. When can we expect them to arrive in Mississippi? Yes, uh, this the storms they're they're not uh, they're not severe just yet. Um, but as we continue to heat up, especially as we get into the late morning to um, early afternoon hours, we'll probably see the severe risk start to ramp up at that point, and then continue through the afternoon. Um, for that area along in the east of I-55, pretty much through the afternoon, we'll be uh, concerned with severe weather. And then the front that pushes through, it's not going to waste a lot of time pushing through, fortunately. Um, by the time we get to um, early evening, um, that front should have pushed through most of the area, and uh, that will bring the end to the severe weather threat. So I would say you know, mainly from... Uh, late this morning, say after uh, 10 to 11 this morning, going through the afternoon and uh, continuing maybe to as late as the early evening hours over um, far southeastern Mississippi. So is that like 6 or 7 this evening? Right. Uh, I would say 6 to 7, maybe uh, maybe 8 o'clock at the latest. Um, after that point, we should start losing the instability in the front. We'll really be pushing uh, east of the area. Well, it will be dark by then, and as is the case, oftentimes when it is dark and severe weather hits, that's when people have the most damage. Is that true? Yes. uh, We, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, the severe weather in uh, Mississippi, uh, the typical severe weather event, um, a a lot of times it occurs during the middle of the night, and um, it's you know, people are can get caught off guard more for sure. Um, this particular event, um, fortunately, in terms of the time of the day, is a little more in the daytime. Um, but yes, I would say, uh, especially for folks over, um, say, from like Hattiesburg um, to uh, say like the Wayne County area down to the coast, um, those locations it'll probably be after dark when the strongest uh, storms push through are getting dark at least. Um, so that's definitely something to consider. What can people do? Safety tips. Yeah, we, we encourage people, uh, first and foremost, we encourage people to um, have multiple ways of getting warnings. Um, and we have we encourage people to have weather radios um, that will alarm for you. Um, and we, we do... Uh, we try to have events where we um, really promote those. We also, um, you know, a lot of a lot of folks have uh, cell phones now that get the weather alerts. Um, that's another another method. And there's different, you know, different ways. We try to 
encourage people to have different ways of getting the warnings, make sure they're staying aware. And um, in this at this particular point, so we're not under warnings right now, um, you want to kind of think about uh, where you're going to be this afternoon, Try to maybe try to plan not to be, say, out in a boat fishing, um, try to be stay close to uh, some sort of safe shelter, uh, maybe not be traveling for long distances um, in unfamiliar areas. Uh, we try to tell people to um, just have a plan to take safety um, and try to. Uh, we try to encourage people not to be in mobile homes. Um, if there's a storm shelter in your community, we really encourage uh, people to know about that, especially for those who are in mobile uh, mobile home communities. Um, you know, once you once you're in a safe structure, though, we try to encourage people to be more into the interior of the house or uh, structure the building that they're in away from windows on the lowest floor. Um, and think about protecting your head. Um, that, you know, a lot of casualties occur from debris flying around and hitting people in the head. So uh, even having like a bicycle helmets and things like that are, could be helpful. Also, um, think about what would happen after, you know, if you have, unfortunately have, happen to deal with uh, tornado damage and your, your area struck, um, you know, what would you do as far as getting around in the debris? Make sure you have, um, just at night especially, make sure you have some shoes. Um, consider having a whistle, a, a flashlight with batteries so that you can, because you're not going to have power, you don't know where you're going to be walking around um, you know, with the damage and debris. Um, so those are some, some things we, we try to get people to think about. Um, and then once, once um, you have a watch that goes into effect, for the possible severe weather, you really want to start trying to implement your severe weather safety plan. And then when a warning actually hits, uh, take, take the action then. So try to, try to plan ahead for this sort of weather. And one last quick question. What can we expect behind this storm in terms of weather? Well, fortunately, uh, it looks uh, very quiet um, going through the weekend. We're going to um, – we'll have some much – cooler air coming in, um, the possibility of a, a pretty good freeze coming up Friday night uh, for those who with, with plants outdoors uh, who may be you know, used to the warm weather we've had recently. But uh, otherwise, the weather looks really quiet as far as any rain chances or anything goes. It um, should be uh, dry. Eric Carpenter with the National Weather Service in Jackson. Thank you so much for giving us an update on this weather situation. You're very welcome, and everybody take care. You as well now. Coming up, trans youth and allies protest legislation that would restrict gender-affirming care. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-THE-NUMBER-4-CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. I am terrified of being up here in front of all of you. But I am more terrified of what will happen to my child and my family if this is passed. 
I am not going to sit idly by and let them destroy our children. Members and allies of Mississippi's trans community are calling on lawmakers to vote against a bill that would prevent trans youth from accessing gender-affirming care. During a protest on the steps of the Mississippi Capitol, parents and youth alike spoke out, including Katie Walker and her son Ray, who spoke with our Kobe Vance. We're here today to oppose this bill that is um, dangerous, and unnecessary and hurtful. Um, Ray is trans. Yeah, I'm a 17-year-old trans man. He is on hormone replacement therapy, and um, it's absolutely saved his life and made him who he is today. And without it, um, well, first of all, we will not go without it. We won't. We will figure out what we have to do. If this bill passes, we'll figure out what we have to do. But without it, there's no, I mean, you talk about risk of suicide. I mean, the the distress that you feel that Ray, Ray can speak to this more than me. The distress that you feel when you, when he didn't have gender affirming care is tremendous. I mean, he's chained. It's like night and day. Tell me about that. Um, so when I was about, uh, time I was maybe 11 to 13-ish, I had these anxiety tics mainly in my face because I was, I, I had gender dysphoria, I have gender dysphoria, I've always had it. Uh, it was building up so much because of puberty and I had these, it was horrible thing, I would cough every minute or every two minutes, like hacking cough and then my, my eyes would blink rapidly and it was, it was just... It, it was controlling my life. I didn't know why, and I went to therapy, and then I found out why. It's because I'm a boy, and that's I was in the wrong body, and my body was it quite literally could not contain itself inside of my body. So How have the hormones been able to help you live who you are? They just they make me so much more comfortable. My voice is like five octaves deeper. I was listening to a recording of myself the other day, and I was just blown away because I sound I sound like me, and that's a new sensation for me uh, as of recently. And I'm just, I can walk, I walk the halls standing up a little bit more straighter now because I have broader shoulders and I'm hairier now, which is a weird thing to be excited about, <laughs> but I am. And I voice cracks. I love it when I'm just talking and then my brother makes fun of me because I voice cracked and it's great because I'm his brother and he's my brother. and It's great. I'm just so happy I can be me. Um, but on the other side of this, what would it be like to have that taken away from you? For me, for us, it's, we're going to find a way. We might have to go out of state. We might have to move. But it would just, I don't, I can't imagine. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But if it did, I don't think, I don't, I don't know if I would survive that. What would be your message to the lawmakers here or other Mississippians who might have concerns about how this could affect lives of trans youth, especially like yourself. If you Google trans suicide rates, it's about 40% if you don't have accepting parents. Uh, That, I believe, will skyrocket even more in the state of Mississippi if they let this bill pass. It's killing children, is what it is. It's killing children. If that isn't enough reason for a politician to maybe get off his ass on his lunch break and stop signing stop a bill from being passed. I don't, I don't think they're human if that's not enough. 
there's been discussions in the legislature that parents are controlling their kids and having their kids make steps in their lives that the kids don't understand. Do you think that's accurate? Absolutely not. I have four children. They're all different. Ray is the only one that's trans. I did not come up with this idea on my own. Literally from the time Ray could express an opinion, the opinion has been he doesn't want to wear girl clothes. He does, you know, and we thought, oh, that's just really cute when he was little and didn't realize the, the weight of it. This is not an easy life. No one would choose to do this for fun. I love Ray and I will do anything for him. But if we could choose to just have the hormones naturally, you know, I think we would probably choose that. I mean, you know, the, it it's not it's not something that we're just doing for entertainment. And also, I have four children and a full-time job. I am very busy. I do, you know, so it is it's it's just a lot of work. It's a lot of extra work, and but you do that for your kid. You know, you do whatever your kid needs, and each kid needs something different. And this is what Ray needs. What's it like to make that sacrifice as a parent? It doesn't feel like a sacrifice. As a parent, you just do what you have to do for your kids. It definitely doesn't feel like a sacrifice. House Bill 1125 would prevent anyone under the age of 18 from receiving gender-affirming health care, such as puberty blockers, or hormone therapy. Leviathan Myers Roll, a 16-year-old from Ocean Springs, says the bill could be dangerous for them and others. I am here because I believe that I had a very um, unique role in the community as a sample of trans youth that is able to speak for myself. So I am here at this rally to speak my story and on behalf of trans youth. What would HB 1125 mean for you if it passed? If this bill were to pass, it would mean that there would be a lot of pain that would ricochet amongst my community. Um, There would be a rise in a lot of just pain. And it would open the doors for a lot more legislation against trans people to be passed. How is it like living even now without this law in Mississippi? What's it like day to day trying to just be yourself? Um, I experiencing fe- I experience fear on a day-to-day basis. I am afraid to use the bathroom in public places. I'm afraid to go to my place of work because it is a reality. Is we are a community that people ostracize against and a lot of people target and. Um, the most important thing to me day to day is to find the people who support me that I can look to and have to be there for me. Anything else you'd like to tell Mississippians from your perspective, what it means to identify as trans, especially as someone who's young? We know a lot more than you think we do. We have had the time to, we, (laughs) sorry, We are ourselves, and we have to live with ourselves. So for you to tell us that we are too young to know or anything like that, we know. 
Authors and proponents of the bill claim it would prevent children from having gender assignment reassignment surgeries. But there is no health care provider that offers those services in Mississippi, regardless of age. Coming up, the U.S. Secretary of Education meets with future teachers in the capital city. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Future teachers at Jackson State University got a visit from a federal leader yesterday to discuss growing the profession and improving working conditions. Following a tour of Casey Elementary School, U.S. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona hosted a roundtable with education majors at Jackson State. Cardona tells our Lacey Alexander the local pipelines he sees in places like the city, capital city, represent the future. So proud to be at Jackson State University, really leading the country in something that we need to we need to see across the country. Um, pipelines between our public schools and our university teacher preparation programs. Uh, I, I learned earlier today, 67 percent of the black teachers in uh, Jackson public schools come from Jackson State University. I can't think of a better relationship across the country. I visited 40 states. I've not seen something this amazing. So we're here to highlight that. We're here to highlight the Department of Education uh, presenting grants, um, the Augusta Hawkins grant that goes toward um, teacher preparation programs, grow your own programs, um, to help make sure that uh, the diversity in our professional teaching ranks mirrors the beautiful diversity of our students. So that's what we're doing. I got a great example of that here today, and I got to meet some amazing students. I got to have a great conversation with the president. Uh, really excited about the work happening here and look to use this as an example of what we should be seeing across the country. There's a teacher attrition problem all over the nation. In Mississippi specifically, there was a study released that teachers can go to neighboring states and get a higher salary, and that's a big reason why Mississippi teachers are not staying. What do you think the state can do better to keep its teachers around? Well, look, you know, that's a very good question because it's a question that, as I told the students, this is going to be a crisis if we don't address it now. Um, Across the country, we need to do a better job lifting the profession, making sure we provide agency, better working conditions, and competitive salary. We've been fighting for this at the the federal level. The American Rescue Plan dollars, while helpful, and we've encouraged those dollars being used to incentivize uh, recruiting and retaining, we pay 9% of education budgets. So it's really upon the state to come up with a plan to make sure that they're preparing not only for the teachers in our K-12 schools, but helping prepare for the workforce needs that are coming. I don't want Mississippi to be left behind with the jobs that are coming, but you're not going to be preparing teachers, uh, folks for jobs if you don't have teachers to teach the students. It's really an investment in economic development for the state. Um, So, you know, we're working with governors, we're working with state legislative uh, officials to make sure that they recognize um, we're, we're close to a crisis here, and if we're not investing in 
our educators, we're not investing in students, and we can't expect for our students to achieve higher. We can't expect to lead the world if we're not investing in our children. Anything specific in our state that concerns you? Well, you know, the, the teacher salary is, is an area that I think needs to be looked at. Um, we want to make sure that the well-trained Mississippi teachers stay in Mississippi. Uh, we don't want them leaving to other states. And I think that's uh, something that I'd like the, the governor, the legislator, and, and all folks to come together and uh, help address. At the end of the day, salary does matter. Salary does matter. Teachers shouldn't be working on weekends to make ends meet uh, in order to stay in that profession. Cardona says federal resources are being invested to create more pipeline programs and incentivize more people to join the profession. We've been talking about grow your own programs. We've been talking about diversifying the profession, but now we're putting money behind it. We awarded uh, 12 uh, grants, 12 schools to further grow your own programs to make sure that they have pathways uh, for students of color as well to join uh, the teaching ranks. Um, we're excited about that and we want to see that continue to grow. That's why I'm here today though, because they have a program that does it really well. If we could get all colleges to get to 67% of the teachers in their community going to that college, we're doing something right. Um, so we're proud of that announcement. We're proud to put money behind it. We've been talking about it, but we're putting money behind it. We're putting technical assistance behind it because we really believe in it. You know, That's Miguel Cardona. He is the U.S. Secretary of Education. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.